Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Hello and welcome my friends back to Fragmenters. I gotta do my obvious and say please rate, subscribe, review the podcast, share with your friends to get amazing women's voices out there. Speaking of amazing women, today we have Tanishka Karajani. Tanishka is a marketing and operations strategist and can you tell us what that is? Definitely. So first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you and your audience today. So as a marketing and operations strategist, my goal is to help you scale your business without burnout. So basically, my area of expertise is people who are trying to grow their businesses in the digital domain. So those, whether you have a brick and mortar already, or if your business is 100% digital, either way, if you want to scale your business in the digital space, there's a lot of things that need to be taken care of and new entrepreneurs sometimes don't realize that and they think that oh it's easy enough I just need to set up a website or I just need to set up a page and I'm good to go but that's not always the case and also sometimes people do know that you know there's a lot to do and they're overwhelmed so my primary uh, clientele is working moms so of course they're already wearing so many hats so they need all the support that they can get so that is where I come in and I take over the back end of their business especially with the marketing and all of the operations so that you know they can be the face of their business they can work on their business and get the revenue generated while I take care of the back-end tasks that is so necessary it really is so when you say the back-end tasks what does that entail do you work on the website do you talk to the customers what all is it Alrighty. so with Trendaline Media my goal was to create a one-stop shop so anything that you could possibly think of that you need support with my goal is to provide that service to you we already have a pretty extensive service suite but we're always working on adding in more so we do everything from managing your social media accounts to your email marketing to doing your video and audio editing your youtube management all of the good seo stuff website designing copywriting and there's probably more that I'm forgetting in there digital products designing physical products designing all of that good stuff so yeah anything that you can think of and I also like to call myself the girl who will figure it out so if my Mm -hmm. client comes to me with a need if I cannot deliver it myself I will find a way for them to get it done like I do not want to give no for an answer so yeah I I do pride myself on that that even if it's not something that I do have readily available I'm willing to find the solutions for my clients that is so awesome and that's one thing I'm learning I have a dry cleaner and I joke about because I'm very morbid and a terrible person I joke about our clientele is dying off because the newer generation isn't using dry cleaners and stuff so we're trying to bring it to the modern era we're pushing more wash and fold we will do just regular clothes which means we now have social medias we're pushing our website out and I was one of those that was like, just get a website out there. We already have the name. We bought an established business, so we should be good. Not the case. This SEO crap, I don't even know what it stands for, but (laughs) it is the devil. It is so hard to try to hit all the marks to get you out there. So having someone like you to just walk in and be like, what do you want on your website? Okay, we'll deal with all of this 
completely different world that you don't even know is out there and don't have to worry about it. That's fantastic. Right. So for anyone who's wondering, it stands for search engine optimization and it basically (laughs) helps your website and your business get seen and discovered. So when you search for things on Google, you obviously have endless number of pages with results over results. So with SEO, the goal is to help your website rank on the first page, your business rank on the first page. So that is where you do a lot of optimization in the keywords and everything with all of the good technical stuff. (laughs) So yeah, that's why it's important. But yeah, really for anyone who's wondering why their website isn't working or why even though they're pushing out so much content, is it, it isn't generating any results. That's the reason you need to optimize your content. And it's hard. So if you're not a super tech nerd, hire someone, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll come back to you in 10 folds. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, How long have you been in this? Yeah, so I started back in 2020. It was actually a really fun story. I was uh, at home because, you know, the pandemic. I was at home from university and I had a lot of free time on my hand. And uh, it was actually completely accidental I call myself an accidental entrepreneur this was not my plan at all but yeah I got just this one random $30 gig and even the story of how I got that was pretty funny but yeah so I just got this one gig and it snowballed from there that is awesome I love hearing these stories because a lot of people don't know that they want to be their own boss. I mean, there are some out there that they're like, yeah, I don't want to follow anyone's rules. I'm just going to make my own. But a lot of us like myself, I never thought I'd own a business. And it just happens. And that you were able to start your business during the pandemic when a lot of people were losing work. That is such a good thing to share. Because Hopefully we never experience that again. That's usually once a generation thing. <laughs> but, Fingers crossed. Right. It's good because we still do have down moments just personally as well as community-wide or country-wide, worldwide. And it's good for people to hear when someone has experienced that, but been able to do something with it instead of it just consuming them. So thank you for sharing it. And I always like to say that I definitely acknowledge my privilege here when I am able to say that, oh, the pandemic was actually something that turned out as a blessing for me, not in the sense where I am disregarding how badly it did for the entire world, not disregarding that at all. And once again, I repeat, I come from a place of privilege, but I'm able to say that I was able to maintain my health, my family was safe, and I was able to build something that's hopefully going to last me a lifetime. And it completely changed and pivoted my path that I was in university for. So yeah, I'm really thankful for the opportunities that fell into my lap and the way things worked out. Yeah, for sure. So what were you going to university for? So I'm a journalism and mass communication graduate and the plan was always to, you know, graduate and then go for my master's. I was actually planning to move to the States for my master's and then uh, I was going to work. I like I hopefully wanted to work for a travel channel like that is what I really wanted to do. I'm very, very passionate about traveling and that hasn't changed, by the way, even though I'm no longer pursuing journalism. I now am an aspiring digital nomad. <laughs> Thankfully, my work allows me to work from anywhere and you, I don't have to be tied down to a location. And I've been traveling so frequently ever since, you know, I have started working. I, I have been able to travel more frequently. So yes, one day I aspire to do it full time while I work because yes, privileges of remote work. That is so awesome that you get to just 
the internet, it gets such a bad rap, but when, when you utilize it correctly, I mean, never in the world has there been a time where you could do your job from anywhere. And that's awesome mm-hmm. that you're able to utilize that and pursue those passions and enjoy yourself on a non-business level while still doing business. That's fantastic. Right. Also, the fact that, you know, we are into completely opposite corners of the world right now. And the listener is probably in a third corner of the world. So I think that also is something that we need to realize is that the connection, the power of connection that comes with internet is priceless as long as you know how to use it, right? The networking is just great. It is. You are totally right. And I just skipped right over that. We never would have met had it not been for the internet. I mean, I can't say never you, if we were meant to, it was going to happen, but we probably never would have met and been able to have this conversation without the internet. So thank you again, (laughs) internet world. So what's been your biggest obstacle getting this endeavor on the ground running? Like I said, I've been very lucky from the beginning because, you know, I found one client and she was so impressed with my work. Not only did she hire me to work for herself and her husband, but she was also referring me to so many of her friends. And, you know, it really snowballed really quickly for me. So I started my business in May of 2020 and by July of 2020, I had already set up my website and everything and it was good to go, right? But then one of the biggest challenges that I faced, which I believe is also very common for a lot of other entrepreneurs from third world countries to face is the pricing issue, right? Mm -hmm. So, and again, I want to clarify that this is not generalizing, not every single person is like this. And it's just me and my experience with a few exceptional people is that sometimes people come to you with the expectation that just because you're based in a certain geographic location, that your skills aren't quite as worthy as someone else who's based in a different location. So for example, I'd be in a meeting with a client and they'd be really impressed with the kind of testimonials that I have. And they're like, oh yes, your strategy is bomb and I really want to work with you and this is great. And send me a proposal. And then once I'd send them the proposal, they'd be like, oh, but how come you're charging so much if you're based in India? And if you're active in the online spaces, you also would have noticed that sometimes people specify that I'm looking to hire someone from the Philippines, which is great. I love it for them, which is great. But I think that the mindset behind that is just because we are based in a certain geographic location, such as India, Philippines, Pakistan, any other third world country, people expect that we're supposed to charge less, which I believe is not very fair. I know that what I am charging is still very competitive as opposed to the people based in the US because I get it, you know, it's fair. Cost of living is higher in certain countries. So there's nothing wrong with having a price difference as long as the price difference is decided by the person offering the services. If my services are not within your budget and you tell me that, hey, Tanishka, I love your services and I love your uh, work, but I don't think that I can afford it at the moment. I respect that. I respect that so much because no person should have to stretch themselves or, you know, get into debt just to avail my services. I would not want that for anyone. But what I do think is problematic is telling me that, hey, Tanishka, I like your services, but I don't think you should be charging so much because you're based in India. I don't think anyone should be entitled enough to tell someone else what they should and shouldn't be charging based on where they live. 
so that actually again blessing in disguise that actually inspired me to start this movement called skills over skin and i love what it stands for the mission behind this uh, movement is to help other uh, people from different parts of the world understand that you shouldn't have to undermine your worth simply because you're living in a certain geographic locations and you should charge your services based on your skills not your geographic location like not your ethnicity not where you're based any of those things should not matter so that is where it derives its name from skills over skin so yeah it's a free facebook community in case any of the listeners is interested to join and it's not just like a protest movement where you know we are hating on this culture we understand sometimes people don't know and it's okay to educate them kindly that hey that's not a fair expectation to have but apart from that it is also a medium to enhance your skills if you are someone who's new to this world and you do really want to charge higher prices but you don't quite have the skills yet come into the group and we can learn from each other we can teach each other so that's the motive behind this movement it's not like i don't want it to be seen in a negative light like we are protesting like oh no how dare you say that to us no it's okay you didn't know any better but do better from now on and the second part of it is enhancing our own skills as individuals I cannot say how much I love that enough. That is so fantastic. I'm in a lot of business groups and I've heard them say, you know, we only work with people in this country because it's a lot more affordable. And I understand that from a business sense. Like you said, if you can't afford it, if you're able to find it somewhere that you can afford it, that's good. But saying because you're a certain ethnicity or in a certain country, they shouldn't get more is bullshit. I'm just going to say it. It, it. it does not sit well with me. So having this community built where other people are like, hey, I know that in my country, our economy, I can get by further with less but I'm giving you more than you would get in the United States and you're paying me a quarter and I don't think that's fair. So having the support of people who have talked to people and gotten that rectified and make sure that they are getting paid adequately, but also sharing skills, that is a phenomenal service you guys are giving. And like you said, it's just free. It's just a community out there. So when you say sharing skills and education, what type of workers could benefit from this? Like what type of employment do you have in there? Right. So when it first started, my thing was that anything that I know about doing online business, I can just create quick video tutorials and I can share it, right? So by default, the kind of individuals that are in the community are online service providers, not to say that it's close to other sort of business owners from different industries. But by default, that is the majority of the crowd, a lot of virtual assistants, social media managers, online business managers, that sort of crowd, because, you know, that is my expertise. And that is the kind of content that I was putting out in the community to teach other people. So yeah, that's mainly what the crowd consists of. But yeah, like I said, it's open to everyone and there's no restrictions on who can join. Anyone who wants to enhance their skills and learn from each other, they're free to join. Awesome. And if there are people who are out there that are doing the same type of work and they're in a more like they're in the United States. So they're normally paid more, but they really like the movement and would like to help. Are they welcome to join to see how they can help you guys? 
Absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, it goes beyond just protesting with the idea. It's about genuinely everyone wanting to enhance their skills. And just because someone's based in the US doesn't necessarily mean that they can't learn from someone in the Philippines. Because if, you know, there's a US VA who's been doing it for two months versus there's a Filipino VA who's been doing it for, let's just say, the last eight years, of course, they can learn from them. And there's nothing wrong with that. So absolutely anyone from any part of the world, regardless of their experience level, or regardless of the way that they get paid, can join. Awesome. And I'm guessing sex, color, none of that matters. It's all None of that. No. Yeah. It goes beyond your skin. That is so the entire good. thing. So good. I love it so much. Now, I know that that was your biggest obstacle and something amazing has come from it, which I cannot, again, something bad you found and you turn something good of it. That just seems to be your, your, your lesson in life. <laughs> <laughs> but can you tell us what's helped you the most in getting this going? I think I cannot disregard the support that I've had. So in case, because, um, you know, the listeners are from different parts of the world, they might not know this, but in the Indian culture, it's fairly common for uh, people in their 20s to live with their parents and with their families. Like we don't move out usually. And I know that's a common in a lot of cultures. And some people do that in India, but it's not the norm. We do tend to live with our parents. So like for context, I am about to turn 23 in a few months and I still live with my parents. But I think that has been really good for me is that I've had that support system and in the initial phase of my business I was putting in a lot of work in my business building those networks putting out a good word for my business everywhere you know applying for job positions because you know once I realized that hey I'm actually good at what I do and I'm getting referrals I think I should just you know expand and I need to reach out now so I was putting in a lot of hours in my business and that really helped but the flip side to that was I was putting in too many hours in my business. There was no rhyme or rhythm to that. I was not setting any boundaries. I'd be answering emails at 2, 3 in the morning, guilty of still doing it sometimes after three years in business. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so I think first part of it was having a support system where I wasn't, you know, doing all of my chores myself, like my mom cooks my food. We have, you know, help to do other housework and everything again. I come from a place of privilege where I am able to say that my household was not dependent solely on my income. Mm -hmm. So I was able to experiment, right? But, you know, once it got more stable and I had more income coming in, I was generating more revenue. I did make a lot of purchases and now a, a huge chunk of my household expenses is taken care of by me and I'm happy to do that. Because, you know, I think for any person, it's a really proud moment when, you know, you're able to shift the narrative from being supported by your family to being able to support your family. So it's a really yes. proud thing for me. So that has shifted and what's helped me go through now. So the initial phase, it was my family really supporting me with, you know, my time and being really understanding of my schedule because the time zone again I had to stay up to like four or five in the morning sometimes so you know that sort of shifts that my family accommodated with were really helpful but now as the business has grown what's really helping me keep myself steady is to have systems in place I cannot emphasize how important they are and I know that not every entrepreneur has it completely figured out and I still know that after three years in business like I said I still struggle with it sometimes I still don't respect my own boundaries sometimes but I'm trying to do better every single day so yeah definitely have systems in place use the different types of apps that are available for free so many resources that you can use 
and systemize your life organize your schedule better just so that you know you have some sort of rhythm to the day because when you work for yourself the day goes like this and you mm-hmm. my office is my bedroom so i have absolutely no work life balance in those regards because it's literally 10 steps from my bed i walk i reach to my office so yeah when you live in an environment like that you need to start uh, you know taking control of how you are spending your time because it can get really easy to blur those boundaries so yes. be intentional about having those systems in place yes i really like pushing on that because not everyone has the space i'm very blessed i have although it's a trash heap no one can see it but you but <laughs> i do have my own space so i can literally walk out the door close it and i'm done if you yeah. don't have your own space if you're in like you your room is your office it's really hard to separate it are you still struggling with that or do you have some advice on how you can close off and shut down right i would recommend investing in good office gear for the longest time i was working on my bed like i had this bed table that you know people usually eat breakfast on i used to keep my laptop on top of it and i used to i used to work it was terrible for my back i already suffer from chronic back aches ever since i was a child and working on my bed the entire day was not the best thing so invest in the right gear even if you can't you know if even if you think that oh i'm not quite ready to make that investment if you truly want to make it work invest in a good desk invest in a good office chair those two things are going to be your savior and i think automatically your mind starts getting into that zone right that oh i'm on my chair right now this is when i'm supposed to work i'm off the chair i'm done for the day that's how it got wired into me that as long as i'm on the chair and it also helps with preventing procrastination because when i was on the bed and i was working i just pick my phone to check one notification <laughs> and i'd find myself scrolling on reels hours later so yeah, yeah don't do that because when you are um, you know when you know you you are in your office setup quote and quote office setup you'd be like oh yes this is the time that i need to be productive i can't be wasting my time and when you off of it you're like okay i'm done for the day and your laptop should never go to your bed i think if you set just that one boundary that never bring your laptop to your bed you you're going to be so super sorted and like i said again leverage the softwares that you have available for free i love using trello and notion and slack to organize my life these three softwares really really help me and you can set them up in a way that works for you but use the power of technology to make your systems better and to help you understand that there's a clear difference between your work life and your personal life yeah we use trello and slack those are fantastic free tools out there for sure yeah so do you feel it's imperative for women specifically to be in this field of work honestly i think it's hard for anyone to be in any field of work yes very <laughs> very um broad answer i realized but i think for you to be able to succeed in any field in life there's going to be struggle mm-hmm. and i know i sound like you know a broken record out of a 60 year old philosophy book but it's just it's true and i may not have a lot of experience like i said i'm still very young as compared to my peers in the industry but what i have learned is that anything worth having you're going to have to work hard for it and you're yeah. going to fail that's inevitable you're going to succeed the first time the second time the third time the fourth time the hundredth time but the hundred and first you're going to fail it's inevitable there's going to be something that is going to make you want to give up 
and you're going to be like okay this is not for me what am i even doing here this isn't working out and it'll make you crazy yes stick with it <laughs> if it's something that your heart feels called to stick with it you'll eventually figure it out yep i feel that if you do not fail it's because you're not pushing yourself yeah so I 100% I agree. agree. And I spoke with someone, she created a virtual assistant company and she was looking for more men because I feel that diversity is key for any successful business. So for you to have every outlook out there looking to improve your business, you have to have diverse people. So she was looking for more men to work with her so that she could get that voice in the room to try to enhance her business. That's awesome, Ashley. And it's true, you know, with virtual assistants, social media managers, it is, I'd say, women dominated field. Presently, we don't see a lot of men in the field. So I think it's wonderful that, you know, people are trying to be more mindful because I truly believe that diversity and inclusion go beyond just races. Yes, you need to be more understanding of the flip side of it because there's a lot of conversation about being more inclusive of women, which is great and it should never stop. But I think you should also realize that there are women-dominated fields where there should be more conversation about inclusion of men. So I love what she's doing. Exactly. I was super excited. I just love, I'm going to tell you, I love all of the women that I have met because like you said, we're pro-diversity. My focus is women, but we discuss a lot more because I'm not pro-women taking over. I am pro-women taking over the world, but we still need men. I'm, I'm not saying women over men. I'm saying we just need to work together, but there's yes. more. You have skills over skin, and that is another portion that we need to be conscious of. And then there's also, you can have two white women. I'm saying that because I am white. <laughs> it's easier mm-hmm. for me to talk to. You can have two white women and one woman grew up in a middle-class family and one woman grew up in poverty in the same town, same school, same teachers, and they have completely different outlooks. So you yeah. not only need skin color, sex diversity, but you also need socioeconomic diversity because- absolutely. People don't know what they don't know. So if you grow up in middle class, that's all you know. You don't understand what it's like to be hungry. And those of us who lived in hunger, there's no real way to portray what that feels like. And then there's people who grew up in, you know, the 1%. And they don't understand why people can't buy a house because they just could. You know, it's it's so important to have these conversations with everyone in every different stage of life and I apologize for going on this tangent you know I I love it I love it (laughs) I honestly love it and I relate to it like I know for a fact that even in business you know like like you said you went off on a different tangent but it actually does apply to every aspect of your life even in business if you see someone who's worked very hard to get to a successful place in life, sometimes there's always that scarcity in the back of their mind. But what if it all goes away? But what if it mm-hmm. all goes away? What if I lose it all? That's always there. It's someone who's, you know, grown up rich, who has, you know, seen money and it has never been an issue for them. They have a more abundant mindset that there's always going to be more of this. Mm-hmm. And I think for myself as well, you know, when I was growing up, my parents have seen 
their fair share of struggles in you know educating to children i'm so grateful that despite all of that they never let me or my brother uh, you know take the fall of it that they managed to give us what we needed to succeed in life and i'm always going to be thankful for that but having grown up like that being able to you know have an abundant mindset is something that i have to be intentional about it's not something that comes naturally to me sometimes all i can think about is but you know what if i lose all my clients one day what if i wake up one day and you know it it's all gone and these are all natural thoughts that occur to me because of the way that i've grown up so i 100% agree and love what you said is that these are conversations that need to be have that yes. that we need to have because otherwise there's no way of understanding what someone else has come from of what kind of background someone else has come from and how that affects their way of living and i know that there are people who are probably more underprivileged than me as well and their mindset works in a completely different way and there are people who are far richer than me and their mindset works in a very different way so these are all things that we can only learn if we talk about it so kudos to you for bringing and having these conversations Thank you. Well, another thing is when you come from different backgrounds, you just assume you're different. Like in my space, I work at a nuclear lab with scientists and I'm in IT. So a lot of people had more privilege. They have master's doctorates and I do not. <laughs> I barely graduated high school. So a lot of the time I get, like you said, the scarcity mindset, like the imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, they're going to figure out that I came from nothing and I'm out of here. But when I was able to start talking about it, I realized that I'm not the only one that feels like that. There are so many people that you think have their shit together and they are just as lost and confused as you. And I couldn't have learned to have a more abundant mindset without those that have it talking about it. I'm like, Oh, there's a different way of thinking. Like, I didn't know this is all I've ever had in my brain. It's, it's so important. And I love, we already talked about the internet and how good it is. That's another thing is you can find so much information. Like I fixed our heater because of YouTube. It's you can find <laughs> You can find information on everything, including mindset work, yoga, all of the, the woo or woo adjacent stuff. But you can also find tangible, like my husband is learning how to fix cars now. You can learn anything and it's all out there. And our generation is much more communicative and open than it ever has before. Yeah, I agree. And I also feel like, you know, Another thing to add to, you know, how you said that everyone feels this way. Everyone feels that imposter syndrome. I was reminded of a quote and I can't quite remember where I read it or who wrote it, but it says, everybody thinks they're different. And that is what makes us all the same. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, we all share this some sort of root common belief system that ties us together as a, you know, as a human race of all and yes I agree 100% there's so many things that I figure out on Google and YouTube all the time as it's called YouTube University and uh, you know um, <laughs> clinging on to your example of fixing your heater I actually the other day my cupboard drawer was stuck like there was a piece of clothing stuck underneath and I was actually able to dismantle the entire drawer take out that piece of clothing and put it back in one piece thanks to YouTube so yep. yes <laughs> The internet is truly powerful. 
Yep. We joke that we are YouTube certified in everything. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm using that. (laughs) Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who is wanting to enter into your profession? Just experiment. You know, Mm -hmm. with online service providers, there's this one common buzzword, pick your niche, 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 however you like to say it, pick it, pick a category, stick with it. I do not agree with it. Unfortunately, I don't think that you should limit yourself. And I also think that, you know, sometimes there'll be coaches and business consultants giving advice. Like if it's not a soulmate client, say no, don't work with them. I'm like, sometimes people don't realize how lucky they are to be able to give advice like that. Because sometimes there are people struggling to feed their families and they are not looking for soulmate clients. They're just looking for someone to work with who can pay them. So I think struggles a part of it if especially if you know if the reason that you're getting into this industry is simply is not just for a hobby but because you need the money struggle is going to be a part of it experiment yeah experiment and be intentional and i i really like to talk about this is when you're applying to jobs you know when you're applying for positions i promise you no one's selecting people for a position based on fastest fingers first don't rush to apply don't be like oh I want to be the first person to comment on this post that's how I'll get selected no that's not how hiring is done be intentional when you're pitching to someone whether it's a cold email whether it's you know uh, someone's posted a job application and you're applying be intentional about the kind of energy that you bring in and make sure that you've put in the effort to understand what's needed the other day, I read a uh, post on this Facebook group where someone was looking to in, um, pitch themselves to be on a podcast. So that person asked that, do you know of any ways where I can go ahead and I can pitch myself to be on a podcast? And there were so many comments of people commenting that I'd like to be on your podcast. I'm like, that's <laughs> not that's not the point of this post. So yeah, when you, you know, when you're in that hurried mindset, and there was just one example, but a lot of times people are just like, they just want to get started. They just want to get somewhere. And I get it. I respect it. That's There's effort that goes behind it. All I'm saying is that your effort is misdirected when you are going in that direction. So be mm-hmm. more intentional in what you do. Have patience and be consistent. These are the three things that are really going to help. That is fantastic. And I am so glad that you brought up the niche down culture that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. I have ADHD. Niching down sounds like going to prison to me it I don't want to do one thing that is just because of the way my brain works that is like punishment like I have to be able to do other things and it's it's detrimental because we're all multifaceted like I'm really good in IT like most people see someone in IT and they're like this big nerd that just sits in the corner and they wears a trench cloak and they're, you know, <laughs> typing away on a computer. But obviously I'm an extrovert. That is a totally different avenue. So if I just said, okay, I'm in IT, that's it. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't meet you amazing women. Okay. I wouldn't have the network that I have. I wouldn't own other businesses, you know? So sometimes niching down is perfect. That is just what works really well for you. And if that is 100% agree, but do not feel like you have to dampen your light to fit into this bubble because you will fit in someone else's. Yeah. And I also feel like, you know, like you said, niching down is good, 
in two scenarios one you 100% figure out who you want to work with you know you know working with you know who the people are that working for makes you happy right so if let's just say you're a business manager for professionals in the event industry and you know that's something that you enjoy you know that okay this is what i like to do this is what makes me excited about my work and it's paying me well great niche down you don't have to take on clients that don't align with you great and the other scenario in which you can niche down is when you are financially secure so let's just say by default you know you're working with a lot of lawyers and you, unintentionally with, without having that mindset that oh i'm only going to work with lawyers unintentionally a lot of lawyers are in your client roster right now and you're like at this point where you're financially secure and you can afford to say no to other clients because you're too filled or like you don't enjoy working with clients from other industries or it gets too overwhelming for you to do all of this research in that scenario great niche down but i just think that niching down simply because the industry is demanding it pick something pick one thing stick to it no like my multi passionate self could never <laughs> i yes. i like you said like uh, and you know you said you have adhd and you know it's like a medical thing that why you need to be doing multiple things but like i i just i feel like i have some side of uh, some sort of tick inside me that wouldn't let me sit still like i need to be doing other things and i need to experiment even if i drop them even if i don't continue them i want to experiment and i like it and the whole point of owning your own business and doing your own thing is to be able to do things that you like that yes. please you so please don't stick to some online gurus mantra on building a seven figure business within the first year because we all have seen those pitches don't lie <laughs> every <laughs> single person listening to this has seen that pitch oh i help you build your six figure business within the first six months and we 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 all know that one person so please don't mm-hmm. listen to them do what pleases you and niche down in your own time not because you feel pressured to right or don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> So you shared some awesome advice for us, but I need to know what's the best advice you've ever received. Hmm. I think it's fairly common also, but um, in the first year of my business, I had this really high-paying client, and uh, it it was not easy working with her. Not to say that she was a bad person; she was just not the kind of people that I would now choose to work with. But yeah, she was like a certain type of individual. and uh, again no disrespect she's a nice person she just wasn't the kind of professional that i enjoyed working with but she was a high paying client and she was my first four figure paying client and i was really excited to work with her and then you know she'd uh, penetrate my boundaries all the time have me working like be really late for her own submissions and then i'd be struggling to meet the deadlines and i'd still meet them and i remember i was moving cities back in 2020 i was moving cities and her work got delayed due to lack of internet connection because i was on the road you're moving right. via road and just something just like an email or something got delayed and i got an email from her saying that she no longer wants to continue working with me and that was like a four digit revenue out of my monthly balance sheet and i was like really low about it i was like and like i said it was my first year in business i was still working through this whole abundant mindset thing and i i was like super upset that that's a lot of money gone and i was blaming myself that i should have done better i probably should have scheduled it earlier even though there was nothing i possibly could have done i was still beating myself up about, up about yeah. it and my father and my parents actually both of them 
and my brother i'd say my family entirely you know <laughs> and they keep like i like i said this is like a really common saying as well is that you can never lose something that was meant for you it is mm. impossible for you to let go of or lose something that was meant for you if it's not in your life it was not supposed to be yours yes what's meant to be yours is going to find its way to you you cannot possibly control it it doesn't mean you don't work hard doesn't mean you don't hustle i'm not saying that it's just don't cry over spilled milk <laughs> and uh, yeah just do better when if i was doing so much for a certain person and they couldn't understand me this one time when i couldn't deliver due to like a thing when i was moving cities i wasn't even like in a home base i didn't have any stable internet connection and they couldn't you know accept that and they choose to stop working with me later on they came back paid twice the amount of money to get work done because like i'm humble enough to know that i'm replaceable at what i do i'm cocky enough to know that they'll have to pay multiple people to get my workload off of their list so yeah but again it's not about that again it's not about that but the advice that i got is that yeah you can never lose or let go of what was meant to be yours it'll always come back to you so mm-hmm. don't stick to it don't beat yourself up about it it's going to happen when it's meant to happen Yes. I love that advice. It's fantastic. But you threw in other advice in there that I don't think you intended to. And that is don't let someone penetrate your boundaries. Don't let someone abuse you because they give you more money. It's better to have four people pay you the same amount and respect you than one person paying you that and not being respected is so much more important. And again, there's privilege there. And this is something that you were able to work through because you had your family support. But I feel that even if you're in a space where you need that money, you can find it somewhere else. It will look different. You will maybe have to work harder, but it's not in disrespectful ways. You know, it's something that you're passionate about. It's not because someone's forcing you to do it. So that's definitely another good tip that you accidentally shared. (laughs) I know. I agree. You know, I have someone who learned it the hard way. It's not worth it. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. Like you said as well, that sometimes there are situations that just force you to stay in a work situation like that. But it's honestly not worth the kind of bandwidth that it takes for you to manage a client like that. Like, honestly, the kind of time that I was devoting to that client, because not only was she, you know, not diligent with her own part of the work, the things that she was supposed to give to me in order for me to do my job, it was also sort of my full-time job to keep her accountable. And I was not getting paid for that. I was spending a lot mm-hmm. of time. And honestly, if I would have spent that amount of time and that amount of bandwidth, I could have actually managed two more clients and get paid more. But right. I didn't realize that I was in my scarce mindset. Like, I, I can't let go. It's my first four-figure client. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. I understand money is important to everyone, but it's simple strategy. If I would have been more mindful of the kind of hours that I was spending, mm-hmm. you know, working for her, I could have been paid so much more and I could have worked for two different people in the same amount of hours. Yep. And that's that's just something you learn or you just listen to someone who experienced <laughs> it like Tanishka and learn from her. <laughs> yes, Please, please so, learn from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> So you have shared so much fantastic information about business and life, but I needed to know what you do for fun. Who is Tanishka? 
Tanishka is someone who eternally annoys her dog. Every time I step out of the room, I'll go to him. I'll give him unsolicited kisses. He'll look at me. He'll sigh. He'll like, oh, there she is again. <laughs> But yeah, I I I love playing with my dog. And uh, another thing that I mentioned is that I really enjoy traveling. Like two to three times a year, I disconnect from the rest of the world. I shut. I turn off my email notifications, WhatsApp, Messenger, Instagram notifications are permanently turned off for my phone because I'm a social media manager as well. Yeah. So yeah, I can't. I can't keep up with those notifications. But yeah, like I turn off all of my notifications. I disconnect. I of course I inform my clients like two months in advance that. from this state to the state i will be out of the office and i do all of my work in advance i schedule all of it in advance so that i'm not worried about work during my time off but mm-hmm. when it's my time off it's my time off i can't be bothered during that time i'm like no not happening you cannot reach to me and i give multiple reminders that hey if you need anything let me know because from this day through this date i'm not going to be available and i manage it really well and i work harder the few the last few weeks before my vacation but it's so worth it I do really need that. I'm a mountain person, so yeah, any chance I get to go to the mountains, I love it. That is what I do for fun, and that is what is my way of de-stressing. That's awesome. I love getting out in the mountains too. We have some. I'm very fortunate. We have some like an hour away. So even on um, just if I'm too stressed, we can take a drive and drive through the mountains after work. So I totally that. understand that. And what kind of puppy you got? Oh, I have a Labrador. He's the cutest Aww. baby. His name yeah. is Fluff. Love him. <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine what life was like without him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm an animal lover too. So I totally get that. Mine's sitting outside the door waiting for us to stop oh, so I can awesome. sit him. <laughs> So that is really all I have for you. Actually, no, it's not. One more thing. Do you read much? Not as much as I'd like to. I've been no. trying to get intentional about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've read a little bit. I, I like reading fiction a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm a Wattpad reader. <laughs> I like reading Wattpad books a lot. But um, yeah, I've been trying to intentionally read more nonfiction. I've started a little bit, but yeah, not as regularly as I'd like to. Oh, I didn't mean nonfiction. I just meant in general. I like yeah. to know what books people are reading. Are you reading anything now? Uh, so I am reading this one book called Do Epic Shit. It's by this Indian influencer. He's like a finance influencer. And he makes really great YouTube videos. He's like millions of followers. And he wrote this book about, you know, just and one, one of the things that I like about this book is that it's such an easy read. You can mm-hmm. open any page of the book, read it. and you'll learn a new lesson you don't need oh. to read it in some sort of an order so you know how that new netflix series kaleidoscope you can just watch any episode first and then it'll make sense mm-hmm. so it's sort of like that that you can just open any page of the book and there'll be a lesson for you right so i really like that and the other one that i've been uh, reading is the richest man in babylon it's again about like i, I if you can't already tell from my choice of books i'm sort of a finance nerd i do like <laughs> i don't have any educational background in finance but i really enjoy learning about these things i've actually even taken a course as a certified financial planner so i'm that's a degree that i'm pursuing right now but yeah i really like these finance books and then in non fiction i am a hardcore young adult romance novels lover like i i love those books 
So the after series by Anatod or like the Chasing Red uh, series by Isabel Ronin. I I love those books. So yeah, I I love those young adult trauma romance novels. Oh my gosh, I am a sucker for young adult. I yeah. am not a young adult anymore, but it doesn't matter. I'm still I'm yeah. still in there. <laughs> so it's so good. <laughs> Guilty pleasures. <laughs> Exactly. And they're just so because it's young adult, it's it doesn't have a lot of the older adult drama in it. So it's a little more pure. It's not as raunchy. You know, it's I do. I I do like them. (laughs) (laughs) So now that's my last question I had for you. Do you have any questions or any last things you want to throw out there for everyone listening? I think that I would enjoy listening from your audience. So if you related to anything in the episode or you liked what you heard please write to me email me you can uh, email me and i'll um, give you the email to add to the show notes but it's just mm-hmm. super simple it's connect at trendalinemedia.com or you can send me a dm on instagram uh, at trendaline i just i'd love to hear if you know you resonated with anything in the episode we did talk about a lot of themes you know right from um <laughs> scales over skin to you know uh not niching down and different things and i honestly truly enjoyed this conversation so i really want to hear from your audience and uh, yeah just thank you for having me i had such a fun time connecting with you i did too and that was my last thing to plug where you're at so do you want them to look at your business name or can they add you personally on socials? So uh, my, uh, I actually genuinely don't use my personal <laughs> accounts anymore. <laughs> like, like, listen, any person who manages social media for a living will, will know they're just, they're done with doing their own social media. But yeah, yeah you can find me on my website. It's just super simple. All of it is trendalinemedia.com. And then you can follow me on my business Instagram, which is trendaline. I am way more active on there as compared to my private profile. So yeah, you'll find me there and it's easier to, you know, connect because it's not uh, on private mode. So you can simply just follow me and I can follow you back. So all of that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really did enjoy this and thank you for staying up so late to talk with me. (laughs) No, I am glad I did. I honestly loved, loved, loved talking to you. Awesome. Well, you have a fantastic night. Hopefully get some sleep and I will let you know when this comes out. Awesome. Sound good. All right. Bye. Bye. Take care. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. To continue this and more conversations, you can always find me at d at fragmentors.com. That's D-E-A at fragmentors.com on Instagram and Facebook at Fragmentors. And I also have a Facebook group uh, called Fragmentors where all the ladies with like-minded business sense hang out and enjoy. Thank you again. Bye. We got the right stuff, we put the hammer right down.